0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep
2: Suplex Retweet.
0: Now, this is a story. All about how our lives got flipped, turned upside down. Now, I'd like to take a minute, because this is no jive. I'll tell you how it became a host of Saturday Draft Live. My name is David Hockney. This is Saturday Draft Live, the greatest show on Eat Sleep Suplex Tweet, And we are kicking off with a brand new season. This is season six in our uh, ESSR Fantasy Draft. And it's not just me at the helm, because... Uh, joining me in from West Ayrshire, born and raised in the draft, is where he spends most of his days. He's sipping orange juice from a champagne glass. is DJ Jazzy Jack Graham. Jack, how are you? DJ,
1: DJ Jazzy Jack Graham. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm very well, thank you. It's been a. It's been a decent start to season six already. You know what's happening, and uh, the the short, snappy season this is going to be. I think it's going to be very very fast pace. I'm very much
0: looking forward to Saturday Draft Live this season. Yeah, uh, as am I. And also joining us, uh, he's chilling out at max and relaxing all cool and shooting some people outside the school. It is Mr. 44, Scott McLeod.
2: Thank you very much, Steve. I'm glad to be back yet again for another season. You know, this the greatest show, as we said in the SSR. now, going forward will be on the mean feed and you don't get there without some hard work. You don't get there by buggering off and abandoning your show for two or three weeks at a time so you can sit out <laughs> in Turkey getting get and person, butchering on Abba's songs. Not you and uh, anybody in particular, but, you know, I'm just glad to be here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm glad to have you guys back for another season. And, you know, this is going to be our first week of analysis uh, because the previous week was our selection process where every participant in this season of the draft was selecting their team. So if you want to go back and listen to that beforehand, uh, by all means, feel free to do so. We'll provide links at the end of the show. And it is, as Jack advertised a couple of weeks ago, it's our biggest season ever. We have 11 participants in this season, and we've also introduced the ESSR draft purgatory rule, which kind of acts like our sort of relegation uh, rule. So our bottom two scorers will be ineligible to compete in season seven. However, we will monitor their progress should they choose to compete in season seven. And the winner of those two uh, relegated participants will fight it out uh, to be the number one draft pick uh, in season eight. Uh, did I say that right?
1: No, yeah.
0: you got a spot on. All right, so let's kick things off with our usual top three and see how many of us have hit the ground running. And we're kicking things off with the eight in third place with nine points is the AEW world champion, John Moxley. Now, Jack. Uh, we're on the build to All Out uh, tonight, because uh, uh, we're recording on a Saturday. It's, um, John Moxley has made waves you know, as AEW World Champion, and he's been a heavily featured uh, pick in past seasons of the draft, and he's also been selected as a team captain. So how do you think the captain's effect is starting to play in uh, with points already?
1: Yes, yeah, if, if I recall correctly, John Moxley hasn't being a world champion of a company he's never been one to feature regularly in the top three or get that high a points total to kind of even break that top three mark so I like think the, the captaincy has definitely helped eh, I'm going to say Daniel it's Daniel yeah. that's got drum walks in it uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so that has helped quite a bit and obviously you know there's a All Out Tonight which we'll talk about in a bit which you can see him get potentially more points but yeah it's just it's a it's a weird sight to see John Moxley in the top three. I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Like and Scott,
0: you know, having a captain who's heavily featured like every single week, it's only going to rack up points uh, from here on out. So I want to move on to our number two scorer this week, and it's somebody that we all uh, really admire, and he's now moved to Monday Night Raw from NXT. Is Keith Lee?
2: Keith Lee, like I said before, ever since season three, he's just been a top pick. Uh, each time, like each season and I think every season since season 3 he's been selected as a captain and that's no different here once again the captaincy effect shown here in the top 3 and I think even like despite not being a, a champion like John Moxley it's showing how well booked sh- Keith Lee has been since he started on Raw that he's clearly in so many points already as, as roster's captain and mm-hmm. uh I want to say Ross is actually doing very well this first week in the draft, and I want to say to Ross once again, you are welcome for me including <laughs> you such a good team.
0: I think I don't think Ross is, has any right to complain. You've actually given him a pretty uh, pretty solid team, given he was absent from the from the initial draft. Uh, but Jack, I want to touch on the point that we discussed on our newest show, which came out this week. Uh, ESSR Central is that um, Keith Lee has been rumoured to be being pushed to the moon you know he's already had a, a definitive win over Randy Orton on payback and he's being continuously featured on Monday Night Raw do you think Keith Lee could potentially be a very big scorer this season?
1: Yeah I can I can see it happening because he's a uh, obviously he didn't win that triple threat to become the number one contender to Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions but you know he's going to feature like every week mm-hmm. it's just it's just going to be that and like he'll be put in a not, not not to say mid card, but it'll be in a very highly probable like, kind of feud with someone that's a heel on Raw and he will no doubt be in the Raw Survivor Series team when it comes to that point at the end of the draft. And to have captaincy on him as well, it's just a it's just a smart play, in it.
0: Mm-hmm. And we can and we've already discussed like how well captaincy plays into uh, earning big points, as evident from last season where Bailey Stephens' captain then scored almost 250 points, which is, I mean, it's unheard of. But as we were on the subject of Keith Lee, uh, the man who he defeated at Payback is sitting comfortably at number one this week. It is Randy Orton with 16 points, uh, largely from the fact that he appeared multiple times on Raw this week and he won two matches to qualify as the number one contender for the WWE title and he's sitting as my team captain as well as part of, uh, part of my team Scott um, could you see Randy Orton eventually dethroning Drew McIntyre and win the WWE title this season
2: I could see it happening I could definitely see it happening and that's the thing with payback; we'd already made with teams and a lot of people's like, selections were already on that show so wins and losses weren't affecting like them draft-wise, but it was a good indicator of where each person's like, picks were going to go and if they were wise decisions or not. So, sadly, Keith Lee didn't earn any points from payback, but luckily for you, Randy Orton was able to bounce back very quickly with two big wins on on Monday Night Raw. And I think you go to see why Randy Orton's such an interesting pick this season in particular, because you know he's mixing it up with, people, with new guys and apparently wants to help put over the next generation of stars like Keith Lee. And also he's now in the mix of the WWE title and he's a very believable Versity take that belt from Drew. So I think he's definitely a wise pick for anybody's team who's not quite sure what's going to happen with Orton this season. And uh, obviously Clash's champions will be the big two. Mm-hmm. So that's our top three
0: scorers for this week. Uh, now for this next bit, guys, I'm actually going to open this up to both of you. Um, when we were selecting our draft teams last week, I I mean, this is just coming from me, but I think this could be a very hotly contested season given that all of our teams are actually fairly well-balanced. And, you know, we were debating about, you know, who's going to score big, who's going to be top of the leaderboard, but it looks like it could go either way. And I want to mention a few names that could be uh, saving grace picks for this season in particular. Uh, now, obviously this week we have NXT Super Tuesday and that amazing 60-minute four-way Ironman match, which we saw the emergence of two big scorers this week, given the number of falls they scored, and they're going to face off one-on-one next week to determine the new champion. It is Finn Balor and Adam Cole, baby. Uh, So, Jack, Jack, um, do you think... Out of those two, who would... Well, I think you've got one of those guys in your team with Adam Cole, but do you think... This Finn Balor, Adam Cole feud could potentially go a bit further, or do you think it's only like a, a flash-in-the-pan type feud?
1: I think it's just a flash-in-the-pan. Um, I don't know. Like, the, only, the, only, the only way I would have seen Adam Cole winning this was if it was last week. They won't. They can't. Obviously, I want Adam Cole to win, but I, I can be realistic and say that I don't think that it's going to happen. But I think he will be the biggest baby face in NXT coming out of this, and he'll still be featured weekly, so I think that'll be fine. But I think it's Ryan Gallagher that's got Finn Balor, and mm-hmm. yep, he's, yeah, yeah I, I can see the NXT title going his way.
0: Hmm. I mean, they both scored five and a half points, given that you know the the whole gauntlet and Iron Man stipulation is you get one point per fall. So you got um, a nice a nice amount of points just from that match alone. But obviously, it ended in a draw, so no big TV point, TV title win points for either of you. But speaking of champions, Scott, I'd like to turn our attention to the women's tag team champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who. In the past, I've always been selected as singles participants, scoring six points each uh, this, uh, this week. Um, with both of them having been picked as individual tag team competitors, much like Bailey and Sasha were in the previous season, do you think this can only benefit um, both Nia and Shane as individuals rather than as a tag team?
2: I think so, Is because like, I don't see this being a long reign for them. But if they can actually surprise us and actually have them go on a decent run with these belts, then it sh- it should work out. Obviously, they'll racking up points for them singles compared, especially given that they'll have a couple maybe title defences like they had this past week. And then we're, it's seen that it, it can work for people in the past. Like Kenny Omega is a tie team champion for Steven, and I think it was Stephen and Ross in season four. I had Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn individually because nobody thought the Brewers would last that long as a team, and it still benefited them quite well. So I think we're going to see a continuation of that kind of run for uh, in this season for Ross. who has got Shana, and uh, who's got Nia? Uh, I have Nia, yeah. yeah. So I think it's actually just going to be a benefit to both you and Ross. Uh-huh,
0: yeah. Uh, just one last point before we turn our attention to the leaderboard. I'd like to just get uh, just throw some thoughts at me, if you will. I... We do have a couple of, quite a lot of newcomers this season. We've got uh, Brizango making their debut. We've got Otis as a singles competitor now. But making his return now is one big dog, Roman Reigns. Like, he missed last season, obviously, because, you know, he missed, uh, he pulled out of WrestleMania because of the whole COVID pandemic. But what impact do you guys think Roman Reigns is going to have now that he's currently joint fourth in the top, Scorers so far.
2: I think this is going to be a, a good season for Roman Reigns. Honestly, I athletic, any season, Roman Reigns would have been a, a top pick. And so I think, given that, given that Ryan was number one, he learned and he he made the right decision by choosing Roman. I think also with him and at his side, I as Roman actually holding that belt all the way To WrestleMania. So and honestly, they need they want Roman as the top guy on, on SmackDown. And also showed, you can see the difference in how SmackDown was presented when they didn't have Roman Reigns. So I think he'll be featured consistently as the prominent uh, star of SmackDown. And so I think for the entire season, Roman Reigns is going to continue to rack up their points. Mm. I mean, he is... I mean, Jack, he
0: is facing... <laughs> and I never thought I'd say this. He's facing his cousin, Jay Uso, at Clash of Champions for the Universal Championship. Like, did you ever imagined you'd see that happening like Jey so challenging for one of the two biggest singles championships in WWE
1: No but I think there's something bigger that works with mm-hmm. that like I just and um, you know Jey was getting pushed when it's been rumored that Jimmy's ready to come back any any day now pretty much they're, they're ready to kind of get going um, I feel that maybe like a a heel bloodline faction type thing that's going on could could be a could be a big thing and it might lead well into a, a big e story come WrestleMania. But uh, one one thing that I would say with Roman Reigns is that with this heel persona, I don't expect to see him wrestle much this mm-hmm. season unless it is the big pay per views or there's just there's this some sort of shenanigan type thing. So appearance points. I think he'll get a plenty, and I think he's still ready to put say on. But I wouldn't expect him to see to hit the heights that maybe he has before, as I think matches will be as a premium for Roman Reigns. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think you could be onto something with uh, you know a heel bloodline stable and. You know, something bigger could be in the works. I like I like your thinking, but I bet all of us are kicking ourselves now for not picking Jey Uso as a singles competitor. Eh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 not really. I'm kind of done with Uso's aspects
0: right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you've not got a, a pleasant history with Uso's, Scott, but, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody else had picked them, or one of them at least. So, uh, But we'll move now on to our leaderboard. So, And it's with 11 people this time, so we're not just looking at the top 10 here, we're looking at the top 11. Uh, so... Currently 11th place is Gary Kernahan with Team Viscera. Eight and a half points. Not the best of starts for him, unfortunately, but you never know. He started low in past seasons before and he's always finished either uh, top half or as evident with last season, he finished second place. 10th place, Grant McRobbie with Team LIS. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, the team name he gave his team in full. Uh, He's sitting 10th place with nine points. The GOAT, David Campbell, ah. uh, ninth place. Uh, team GOAT with uh, only 11 points. Like, how the mighty have fallen, eh, lads?
2: <laughs> uh, I I'll, 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 I'll have thoughts, but I'll, I'll wait till we've done with the, the top mm-hmm. 10. Place. Yeah.
0: So, uh, eighth place, Alan Lucas with team name <laughs> redacted with 11.5 points.
1: <laughs> have...
2: David, it's simple. This is how you distinguish the two the two. They both insisted being called Team GOAT. See, David Campbell is is the Lion King of Team Goats, whereas Allen's is basically the Lion King to Simba's pride. And it's a major step down from the original. (laughs) That's how you distinguish between
0: the two. Scott McLeod laying the smackdown uh, on these jabronis here. Uh, Speaking of Scott McLeod, uh, team drafting ain't easy. Sitting at number seven with 13 points. Only the first week, I'm not worried. Yep, yep. Uh, number six, Steven Wilson in the top 1%, 14 points. You know, last season's winner sitting comfortably right in the middle of the table. But you never know, things could change on a dime when it comes to him. Uh, we move into our top five now. Fifth place, Jack Graham. Liquidation relegation, still the same fantasy team on 16.5 points in fifth place. You happy with that uh, so far?
1: Uh, it's a good start. It's all right when... Uh... Not all my, my draft players have turned up in that, and there wasn't that many matches for my team. I think there was one. I think there was just two matches. So I'm not. I'm, I'm quite happy. It's like it's a good start.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth place: Daniel Campbell and the Elic Experience, seventeen and a half points. Like this is all really close. Like not much points in it between the the first week. Uh, third place: Ryan Gallagher and the Bossackers with eighteen and a half points. Now, I mean, what a turnaround! Given that we've always usually started off with Ryan's name with these leaderboard readings, but he's done a blinder with uh, Roman Reigns. He also had uh, Finn Balor on his team, earned him a comfortable five and a half points from the NXT Iron Man match. So you never know. I think this could be the, the season where Ryan turns things around and has a strong finish, or, or he could even win the whole thing. Uh, but joint first this week as well, it's, uh, it's myself with Team Snakebite and Ross with the Turkey national team, each on 26 points. So, and as we mentioned before, Randy Orton scoring 16 of those 26 points for my team, that was the big difference maker for breaking into the, into the top two. But Ross uh, has Shayna Baszler on his team. I have Nia Jack. So we represent the women's tag, the current women's tag team champions, but the difference is he has Shayna Baszler as his team captain. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh no, sorry. Was it Keith Lee was his captain? No, uh, Keith Lee's his captain. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, Keith, my mistake. Know. My mistake, sorry. So, but yeah, uh, Keith Lee also scoring him some comfortable points there. And it's basically a tie uh, between us two at this stage. So I just can't get over your
1: team names, Team Snake. But that's absolutely appalling. Oh, my, crea- my creativity
0: ran dry this season, but you never know. <laughs> I should, halfway through the season, I'll change it into something better like last time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just... Looking at that leaderboard, guys, do you think um, it echoes the fact that we'll be uh, having a much more tightly contested race this season?
1: 100%. 100%. I think it's going to be the closest season yet. As, as you said at the start, I feel that every team's balanced. Every team's going to pick up decent points each week. Look at that. Fair enough, Gary's up like a long place for eight and a half points, but like there'll be weeks that the, the talk that yourself Dave. you may only get that and that could be seen as a very good week. Mm. But you should, you, I think this season is going to be very unpredictable and I think that's what's going to make it the most must-listen-to season of ESSR mm-hmm. draft history.
0: Yep, you heard it right there. Uh, but bear in mind, I also have a habit of starting off strong but then finishing somewhere in the middle. So, I mean, don't only, if you pay attention to past seasons, you know, could we see the same, could we see history repeat itself? Uh, but yet, there's so, so much to play for, and we're still only in the first week, so we can only you know take what we can get in terms of points. But I want to round off...
2: Uh, oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I know for many of us, it's a case of, you know, not all of our players showed up this week, and again, it's only the first week of the draft, so it's very difficult to really get a full picture of what the season's going to look like, because the two people at the bottom could be way well, up the middle. The people at the top could be closer to the bottom. Next week, we never know. But I have some things I have to say about Mister Campbell, and I suspect he was—he's been going on and on about the golden role models being his his tag team. And we thought he was—he was joking. He was trying to lure in. but no, he's like, no, I wasn't lying. I was telling the truth that he picked the golden role models. And then in our little group chat, all through payback, he was, he was spouting this. Rhetoric about how it, he wasn't worried how they're still going to pay off for him. And I think he's done so well, he, do, he does this so well, spouting this bullshit, he almost convinces himself that it's a good idea. And then this past week on SmackDown, Bailey beat up Sasha Banks post their tie team loss to Sharon and Naya. And, and also, Biggie got taken out, so didn't compete in the four way, which I think is a case of their saving him for later on. But that's another thing. Still exhausted, the the goat who also has Biggie on his team, and well, I can't say did bring this on himself, Mr. Mistero. They're, they're saving to Mania. They're not going to build all this up and have it blow off on a pay per view, like forgetting the fact that they have Hell in a Cell coming up. And if you don't think that Sasha and Billy, with all their history and all the, the build this, that payoff and say Hell in a Cell isn't a good isn't good enough for them, well then he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Because mm-hmm. clearly they're going to face off a class champion and then lead all the way to Hell in a Cell. Maybe they'll go on to Survivor Series. Will go off on a big floor. But come on, Bailey and Sasha—the food we've all been waiting for—inside Hell in a Cell. That—that that is worth it because that would mean Sasha has been in all three women's Hell in a Cell matches with all three other members of her four-horsewomen, and that's a, that's a good way to round that off. And well, like, like I said, he brought this all on and on himself because yeah, he had to appear together. But I don't think when you have one member of your tie team beat the other member of your tie team, you get quite the amount of points that he's hoping for. Sorry, I'll like he, he, David Campbell a few seasons ago said, I don't want any friends. So, like the the chains are off here. Like I'm not being so nice this season.
0: Oh well, Jack. Um, I think. Uh, I think we've just uh, drew the line for this uh, this season right here.
1: I think that. Uh... Scott McLeod just actually went onto his Facebook and his Twitter right now. It's just unfollowed and defriended David Campbell off everything on social media. That's 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 what it feels like. It's like a absolute dead to rights. Like that you're no you're no former host of mine. You're actual scum. That, that's what that. Well, that's what I was getting from there, Scott.
2: I think you can just what well, say so you know I'm, I'm stepping away from Saturday Rav Live and then waltz back in with your brand new show and all that. Like 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 what we built doesn't matter. Just Dead to me, dead to me <laughs>
1: He took his glove and he slapped it right across her face
2: Aye uh,
0: So, um, I'd like to round off today's episode with talking a bit about All Out, which happens uh, tonight actually on Fight Network um, And I wanted to discuss mainly the, the impact of tag teams uh, on this show because at the moment we have four advertised tag team matches uh, <laughs> And, Jack, I want to start off, like, how heavy were we emphasizing that, you know, that our draft participants should be delving into AEW's tag team division uh, to select as their tag teams?
1: We, we, we said it so much. We, we said, like we said in many shows before, that it's one of the, like, most in-depth tag divisions across all of this. And I think there is one, two, three, four for the teams, so nearly half the tag teams that are drafted this season are AEW. and so mm-hmm. some folk have heeded our words. But it's Ah, uh, uh, it's just the 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 tag division is just so good over there and they like they they've pr- clearly got a big emphasis on tag team wrestling in AW and you just you see it a lot and it's it's proven with this in a pay per view and you're gonna have four tag matches.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you've got multiple tag matches, you've got some of the people's tag teams being featured in the, the Battle Royal. I think there is a heavy, there's much more of an emphasis on AEW uh, for most people's teams this season. Mine especially, because I've got my captain, one, at leading his team, in one of these big tag matches. I've got the AEW Women's Champion, and you know, I'm going to surprise everyone. Everyone's going to feel stupid when, uh, when Sean Spears wins that Battle Royal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah see what you mean scott about you know tag AEW's tag teams being featured in the battle royal and that's proving quite an interesting dynamic because i have best friends and they're being featured in there uh, uh ross has the lucha brothers which are also featured in there and yeah we've got the young bucks uh, competing against jurassic express we've got Grant's pick of Omega and Hangman Page against Jack's picks of FTR. Like, There's a lot of uh, tag team representation in this uh, on this show tonight. Uh, but that's not to take anything away from the singles competitors as well because uh, Daniel's uh, captain, John Moxley, is defending against Jack's uh, MJF. And we also have... Now, this is the one I'm looking forward to most. Uh, Scott, who do you think is going to win... In the Mimosa Mayhem match uh, between Jericho and Orange Cassidy.
2: Oh, it's definitely Orange Cassidy. Why? <laughs> like, cause I don't think anybody has Jericho, do they? No, no.
0: Uh, I think Steven's Daniel's got Daniel's perfect. got Chris Jericho.
2: Because huh? Jericho, I don't think was picked last season. That's why I didn't think. And Stephen picking Orange Cassidy, I don't think. Despite the fact he's been kind of season, he features, Jesus, I don't think anyone ever considered picking Orange Cassidy.
0: So it was kind of seems like out of left field when uh, when Steven picked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that Orange Cassidy was actually going to be uh, a second to last round pick uh, for for me at least. So I'm actually not surprised he's a pick in Orange Cassidy given he's heavily featured. But um, just one last thing before we round off here, guys. Who do you think is going to benefit the most in terms of points uh, following all out? Jack or you. Me, <laughs> you. Why, yeah, you think? Cause, because you believe. Because you're fully behind MJF winning the the world title. Yep,
1: yeah, that's going to happen. I've I've put that in my in my sweeps that he'll win, and also that FTR being my captain as well. Both of them are challenging for the titles, and I think both will win. So I can just even if even say if, if MJF doesn't win, one hundred percent FTR winning this match, and that'll be big points going that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, a title win on pay-per-view for your captains is going to give you a ton of points there, Jack. I think, uh, I think there's no doubt about it. Scott, who do you think is going to benefit the most, uh, aside from Jack?
2: Well, I think it actually does come down to me and Jack, to be honest with you, because Jack's got two big uh, players from all out here with FDR and MGF Apples in big title matches. So at least if one of them wins, that's still big points for him. Uh, whereas I've got Rody Lee, my captain, a big tag match. I think he's not gonna lose because he's just been given the TNT title. You've got big championship points to come when Nakara Shida retains that women's title mm-hmm. against Santa Rosa. As much as I love Santa Rosa, she's not winning that title. And uh out of okay, Sean Spears is a long shot, but still I've got a quite a AW heavy, heavy team when it comes to like the singles competitors. Mm-hmm. So uh I've got a lot to gain from there. Like if if like Page and Omega somehow win then it could be Grant's win. I know a lot of the stipulation of if Matt wins he must leave is making a lot of people think Matt Harden the seat stake, but if it goes the other way, big points to Grant again with uh, Sammy Guevara on his team.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, some big points uh, to be won all around and all out, and I think the the is going to be completely shaken to the core uh, by the time we talk to you next week. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Saturday Draft Live. We hope you enjoy watching all out, and we'll see. And by this point, we'll probably ripping each other's throats out as to. Um, <laughs> as the competition begins to heat up in this new season. So if you've enjoyed Saturday draft life, be sure to follow uh, every episode on Spotify, iTunes, anchor and all good podcasting sites. Just visit eat, sleep, suplex retweet. We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at suplex retweet, and be sure to join in the eat, sleep, suplex retweet community page. Also on Facebook, where you can keep up to date with the leaderboards and our participants, team scoring throughout the season. and, One other plug I'd like to make is our YouTube channel is still uh, producing good content. We have Quiz Showdown hosted by Daniel Campbell. And we also have coming tomorrow at 11.30. So tomorrow, Sunday the 6th, at 11.30, we have a new episode of The Conspiracy Theory hosted by the GOAT, David Campbell. So be sure to... Uh, Now, now, Dave, Dave,
1: Dave, I'll I'll stop you right there. Okay. That's a name that's been mentioned quite a lot this episode, isn't it? It's very it's very it's been a quite a centric name that David Campbell in the, the on the first episode of season six. And that that's fair to say, eh? mm-hmm. So how hey, about I just I, I just bring in a story about David Campbell. You know what I mean? I just I'll add add some fuel to the to the fire. We all know that this is the first week, you know, not not that much happens, but this is season six. This is the season where it's the most must-listen-to season of all draft history. And we all know that David Campbell's captain was Selena Vega. It was Selena Vega. His new captain that has been sent to me this morning, and I've been told to exclusively reveal on this episode, is no other than the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins.
2: Oh. Mm.
1: A change already.
2: Oh yeah, say it's very rare to see a cat like, I don't know what Selena Vega's done to offend him so much that. Because you know, I know she only just appears occasionally, but still.
1: Obviously, the, the ask with him by retribution just uh, was more than enough to take the say off. Maybe, maybe he was hoping that she'd be hitting the same, same heights as what she did for Ross last season when she was appearing like three, four times in the show, and maybe just that. One show just taking it from him, and maybe everyone kind of thought that Rollins was going to be going away straight after some or Payback. But it looks like he's here, to stay up until at least Survivor Series. So, I, I can, I can kind of understand the captaincy changes. That it's just a pity that he's had to make it so soon.
2: It's weird, like like I said, like Cena Vegas probably does an appear on weekly TV despite what happens with Retribution, and everybody knows you only get one captain change, so if Rollins does end up somehow leaving like before Survivor Series, David Campbell sucks himself here, he can't have another captain change, you know, I hope he knows Mm -hmm. that. Yep, that's his one captain change
0: for this season used already, and now he's stuck with it. So, on that note, gents, we will bid you adieu, and we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.